Welcome to the Mind Your Body podcast. My name is Jenny Helms, and I'm an emotional eating coach and marriage and family therapist. I help people address the roots of their disordered eating and body image issues. I'm Lisa Perkins, owner of Primal Transformations. I'm a certified personal trainer and precision nutrition coach. I use a paleo framework to help clients transform their health, body, and life. The Mind Your Body podcast is all about empowering you to live your best life. We aim to grow a community of empowered women who are ready to transform their health and lives using a real approach that is all about getting back in touch with ourselves and not fueled by self-loathing. This journey requires a healthy dose of humor, perspective, and self-compassion. Our goal for this podcast is to help you achieve sustainable results that you get to keep. Please remember, the following podcast is not intended to be a substitute or implied to be medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare provider when making changes to your diet and lifestyle. Welcome to the show. This is the Mind Your Body podcast, episode number 16, how to stay on track when life happens. I think this is probably timely for just about everyone. Yes. Well, if your life is happening right now, well, then you know <laughs> this it just. Is, yep. For this sure. Is for well, you. it is for me. I guess. I, yeah. I guess <laughs> I can't extrapolate to everyone else, but yeah, this is definitely a timely topic for me, for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, I guess you know what we want to talk about today is how to kind of keep an eye on our health goals and let them support us when we are going through hard things or extra things. Um, things are busier than normal, there's some kind of a crisis going on, how to, you know, keep those healthy habits in your life and, you know, which is going to make you feel better and make you more effective in dealing with those things, even if you're not utterly focused on like body composition goals. But the reality is that life you know, is going to happen and that the unexpected, you know, we need to learn to expect the unexpected. Yes. Cause it will inevitably happen. Um, change will happen. And yeah. I think that especially if, you know, you start something with a very rigid kind of routine and then change happens, like it's, mm-hmm. it throws anybody off the rails. Yeah. It doesn't have to be something significant, but just mm-hmm. a, ch- a change in your life. Really. Right. Right. Absolutely. And you know, that's something that you know, I see with my clients and I know you do as well. Mm -hmm. And in my own life is that, you know, we'll do great. Well, like you say, we'll set up these plans that seem great on paper and we'll totally be on track when everything is going according to plan. Right. But as soon as anything out of the normal comes up, whether it's a business trip or a vacation or, you know, a family illness or something, our healthy habits are literally the first thing to fly out the window. Yes. And if, you know, when I talk to a lot of the clients that I've coached, one of the biggest things, it's like, hey, what happened to that really awesome plan that you had? Mm -hmm. And like that one like solution that you tried at one point to help get your health on track. And typically it is a stressful situation or something that happened or life changed. And that's kind of their reason for not being able to really you know, meet their goals or do Mm -hmm. things that are really important to them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this is huge to address for anybody who's on that health journey. Yeah. Yeah. And what we don't want to keep perpetuating is this cycle of disappointment and frustration and shame and feeling like we're just not 
able to do what we set out to do. Right. That doesn't make us feel confident about setting any kind of goals. Right. Right. And so we need to plan ahead for these things and understand that, like I said at the beginning, things will inevitably arise and we don't know when they're coming or what they will look like, but we need to have some pieces in place in order to, you know, flexibly stay on track. So, so yeah, I think the first step is understanding that life rarely stays static, right? Yep. So I know mine doesn't, I don't know no, about you, I don't, but yeah, I don't think anyone's does. And mm-hmm. that, you know, I think the more we can be at peace with that yep, and really get more comfortable with rolling with the punches mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And that's not easy, especially for those of us that are kind of more type A personalities. We feel safe when we can control all the variables. Yep. then it feels like we're being kind of washed around on the shore mm-hmm. a little bit. But if we can switch our perspective to understand, this is how life goes. Yep. And yeah, and I think to just expect that there are going to be some hard times, there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be emotions, there's going to be change. Sure. You yes. know, the only thing that is certain is change. Yeah. And so... To be able to kind of, um, I know that that's, again, very hard if you're very control-oriented, but to realize that that is a huge skill for mm-hmm. life, yeah. for being able to adapt to life. Yeah, so so that's the first step. And the second step is really getting clear on how our healthy habits make us much more effective at handling tough situations, unexpected situations, an extra project at work, whatever that change may look like really, and we'll talk about this, but really understanding, okay, what do these healthy habits do for me? How do they, how do they make me more emotionally stable, right? More resilient, able to withstand stress a little bit better. So it's, I think that we can maybe get the sense that if we've got a body composition goal, that that's very frivolous to continue focusing on in the, say a family member's in the hospital. Right. Well, it would be ridiculous if you're like, well, I can't get to the hospital because I have to go to the gym. That's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about really basic, you know, nutritional habits, sleep habits that are going to help you have the bandwidth to show up. Yes. For these things. So we'll we'll dive deeper into that. But that's really important is to get very clear for yourself as to how your life feels different. Not just your body, but your mind feels yeah. different. When you're when you're eating well, when you're taking care of yourself. And I think you mentioned such an important one when you're sleeping mm-hmm. well. Yeah. Which sure. again, that's one of the first things to go. To go. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Right. And then the the final step, the third step is the tools, and, and we'll talk about these, but getting very, I shouldn't say very because I don't want to talk about rigidity, but getting pretty darn consistent with healthy habits when life does feel relatively calm because the goal, you know, ha- the definition of a habit is it's something that you don't have to really think about. It's just what you do. Right. And so getting that to kind of run in the background is so powerful because then when these new things come up, it would feel weird not to do them. Yep. So that's why, you know, consistency is such a gift to your future self. 
So it is. So we just want to begin by thinking about the different types of circumstances that most often derail people. Mm -hmm. So some of those could be, I mean, I've heard of, you know, vacations. We already mentioned somebody, a family member being sick. Um, you know, I've been exposed a lot to uh, kiddos that have had cancer and their family members. Mm. And, you know, they definitely, you know, I think in the in their efforts to be there for their child will forget about their own health. And what they, what they don't always realize is I remember talking to one of the teenage kiddos and he was telling me how worried he was about his family because they weren't doing well. And here he is, you know, going through cancer and he's worried about his family because they, they weren't taking care of themselves. And so how much that, you know, you may not realize you being well and sleeping is really important for your loved ones who are going through hard times. Like That's so huge. It, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but the phrase you can't pour from an empty cup right. is so true. And we've all been there. We've all been in the place where we are so depleted, but we're trying to show up for, again, a work project or a family member or whatever it may be, and we just feel triggered by everything. We feel exhausted. You know, we don't feel very clear-headed in terms of problem-solving. We're not in a good place. Yeah. And that can only last so long. Like, you are running on empty. It is. And I think, again, I think parents especially, they have these, like, amazing intentions for, I just want to give everything to my child right now. But, you know, again, when he was away from them and able to really talk about how he felt, mm-hmm. you know, the first thing he talked about was being worried about them. You know, and so it's it's that sense of making sure that you're taking care of yourself when mm-hmm. your loved ones are struggling because you being sick or you being stressed or you being um, derailing your health habits is not – benefiting them. No, that is, that's so powerful. It applies even in situations that maybe aren't quite so serious though, having sick children at home, right? I have many clients that that's the situation. And again, their food prep will go out the window and maybe they're not eating enough or they're up a lot at night. And of course, some of that is part of it. You know, again, Mm -hmm. it's kind of being flexible, but it's, if you're, you know, our our next step is going to be talking about why it matters, but, you know, we have to get clear on why supporting our health, taking care of ourselves, is, is not a selfish act. Right. It's a generous act. It is. Okay. So that's, that's huge. But so we want to talk about the full spectrum of things that derail us. You know, again, that could be an additional work project. That could be a business trip. That could be a relationship issue with, you know, a boyfriend or a spouse. It could be home renovations. It could be just getting invited over to people's houses, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's the holidays. Of course, we've talked about this quite a bit. I think that we are, we can be relatively fragile in our ability to stay focused on our health goals. And it can be just the slightest thing that can derail us. And so that's why we as individuals have to get really clear, okay, based on my historical evidence, what tends to kind of knock me off course so that you can plan ahead. Right, plan ahead. And do do the pre-work so you can figure out, okay, how can I maybe make a different choice in the future? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm glad you brought up the relationship piece too because a lot of clients that one of the storylines I've heard multiple times is that they gained a bunch of weight while they were in a relationship that was toxic. 
because I think that part of them self-soothing was, Mm. you know, eating in a certain way and eating foods that weren't necessarily good for them. Um, And yeah, it was, it's this interesting cycle that they would go through with their anxiety and being in the relationship and wanting to make things work, but also not wanting to, you know, step on anybody's toes. And so finding, you know, finding a lot of, um, comfort and, you know, uh, soothing Mm and food for lack of a better word, coping with food and just knowing if that's kind of your pattern that Mm -hmm. there might be some other things that you need to address, but you know, doing the pre-work is going to help you because mm-hmm. you'll know, oh, hey, this is what I'm doing right now. Absolutely. And and the flip side can also be true if you're in maybe a, a solid relationship for the first time, mm-hmm. you can kind of relax into that and say, well, everyone else's preferences, you know, this is what they like to eat. So I ended up eating what they eat. Right. right? And it's really being having our own firm foundation and deciding what how we want to feel. Yep. And doing and that from the get-go in the beginning exactly, of the relationship. Exactly. I guess that's maybe the yes. pre-work is day one, mm-hmm. day 10. That's when it matters the most is you setting this precedence that this is how I eat. Mm-hmm. This is how I do my thing. Mm-hmm. And if you're cool with it, great. If you're going to like, you know, because the thing is, I think genuinely there are some people like when I moved to Wichita, I mean, I know obviously this isn't the case with you, but I would um, take out my lunch and there would be people that it was like they were offended by what mm-hmm. I was eating. They're like, ew, that's gross. You're eating healthy. And, mm-hmm. you know, they'd make all these snide remarks. And obviously, like, that, those relationships weren't important enough to me for it to be, like, hurtful. But to maybe realize, like, hey, if I'm starting a relationship with somebody and they can't respect my food choices for whatever reason, right. then maybe this isn't a good relationship for me, you know? I don't know. No, absolutely. Just foreshadowing the the disrespect in maybe other areas. It's getting clear on what our goals are, how much they matter to us, and then being willing to set those healthy boundaries. And that's true whether you are in a quote-unquote crisis or not. Mm -hmm. It's any new situation. Yeah, It's whatever tends to derail you. That's what we want to look at, and that's why we really want to talk about the broad spectrum of circumstances that can, you know kind of set you off course and drifting in a different direction than what makes you feel your best. Yes. Again, it's not necessarily about how focused you are on body composition goals, but it's what makes you feel confident and strong and emotionally stable and yep. and, and more kind of you. Thing. Yeah. Exactly. More in touch with that. Yes. Like yes. deeper you, I guess. Right. 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 So that's a good segue to talk about, you know, step two is figuring out why do my health goals matter? Mm-hmm. Why do I want, why is, should it be a priority to stay focused on these even when life is happening? Yeah. Right. And that's going to look somewhat different, obviously for all of us, because, you know, all of our blood sugar is different and, you know, foods affect us all differently. But I think that there are some kind of basics. Yeah. Well, and I, I don't mind sharing, you know, a little bit about my own history and like my own um, big why with food and, and being healthy even during hard times is, you know, I have a propensity to, to go into depression. And so for me, it's like, if I don't eat well and I'm not active and I'm not being social and I'm just kind of losing all those different things that are really healthful things in my life, Mm -hmm. like I am prone to being more sad and just more, um, pessimistic and more just not myself because that is not my typical, 
that is not my typical self. And so um, I know that about myself and that makes eating and doing all of those things so much more important when things are stressful in my life because I know that when stress happens, that's when I'm more susceptible to going into maybe that some unhealthy mental states. Um, But yeah, luckily since I've been consistent with my health habits, it hasn't felt like that. Like I might dip a little bit and then I easily get back out because my body is functioning well and it's not like taking me down as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, mental clarity, when, when our blood sugar is wonky, maybe we're we're busy and we're skipping meals or when we do grab food, it's, you know, empty carbs. Mm -hmm. Your blood sugar is going to be all over the place. You're going to have more brain fog. You're going to have more mood instability. You're going to be triggered by things. You know, you're going to get hangry. Yep. All of this matters. I mean, oh my goodness. If you're dealing with a crisis situation, especially you need to be able to show up and, you know, think clearly. So all of that is such a huge thing. And I think underneath that, I mentioned this to you yesterday, that I also find it to be very reassuring within myself that I can rely on myself, you know, to do Mm self-care, that I am going to take care of myself no matter what's happening. And again, it's not a selfish thing. It's that I know that that will allow me to show up and do what I need to do. But it's an amazing feeling to have created that safe haven within myself that, you know, that I can trust that I'm not going to make excuses, that it's not going to be the first thing that happens. Okay, forget it. Let's just order pizza or let's, you know, whatever, have a bunch of wine Mm -hmm. or stay up late. Mm -hmm. That I know how that impacts me. And I think most of us know but we kind of don't want to admit it sometimes, especially in a crisis. You know, it's a lot easier to maybe justify isn't the right word because that makes it sound, sound like we're plotting to derail ourselves. But I think that in our society, that's the default. It is. If you're in a crisis, you eat comfort foods and drink wine and Whatever, you know, it's not really those, it's kind of boring to say, okay, well, I'm going to have healthy food and go to bed. I'm going to, I'm going to eat this salad as I watch a happy comedy right? Right. (laughs) and go to bed at 830. (laughs) Yeah, that, that just isn't how we typically cope or address these things. And, but it's, we have to get clear for ourselves. How do I feel different when I am consistent with my health habits? How do I show up? And the flip side, what is the impact on me when I'm not eating well, not sleeping well, you know, not moving at all? Yeah. How am I showing up differently? How am I able, you know, what are my coping skills like in those two different scenarios? We have to get clear on that for ourselves so that we have a big why when these things happen. Because it's funny, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, you know, as... Folks, if, as you're out there listening to this, it's easy to think, oh, but my circumstance is really unique. Mm-hmm. So that, that could apply to you. That's all well and good for you. But this circumstance is totally, you know, more serious or separate, or there's just literally no way that I could, 
eat healthy and, and continue to do these things. And to that, I would say, I know that, you know, I know that there, there's nothing that you've gone through in this past, you know, I have gone through the craziest things in the past year and a half that, you know, that I would not have been able to show up for if I hadn't really taken care of myself. And that's not to minimize what anyone is going through, but just to say, give us the benefit of the doubt and try this. And it does feel a little funny, mm-hmm. I think, to say, yes, I am going to feed myself. I think we can kind of get a little martyrish mm-hmm. sometimes. And it just to understand that that is not serving the higher purpose. Right. To martyr yourself to martyr in any yourself. crisis situation, like in a work situation. Say you had a big extra project and, you know, everyone comes to work bragging about how little sleep they got. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all hear that. Yep, I've heard Kind of thing, sure. or I don't have time for lunch, or all I've had today is a donut, and look at me, it's five o'clock. Well, that's not a badge of honor. <laughs> yeah, but in our, I think it's counterculture to realize that we need self-care. Yes. And that sleep is so important, and to... Yeah, to not wear it as a badge of honor that we totally willpowered slash like stressed our way through our day. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're not, I mean, it's it's tough because I don't think that people tangibly see the damage all the time. It, this is stuff that you see way later. It but accumulates. It accumulates, but they don't realize that, yeah, you are spiking your cortisol when you're pushing through different things and not feeding yourself mm-hmm. and staying up late. And you know, it's going to show up in those ways where you're like, how the heck did I get this, this belly? And how the heck did I get, you know, why do I feel like garbage all the time? And why are my adrenals crashed? And why are my hormones all over the place? And it's, you know, it's the little things that kind of add up. Mm -hmm. And so if we're able to, to realize that they're connected, even though it's like, you know, again, it doesn't feel connected, Mm -hmm. but it is like that our health outcomes are completely connected to what we're doing now. Well, that and- that is such a powerful point. And it's important to know that, you know, autoimmune disease is at epidemic levels now. And I have no doubt that that is correlated with the lack of sleep and the stress levels that... And our culture. And our, yeah. Which is fed by our culture. And, and what's ironic is that in the beginning when we are in a stressful situation and we are relying on cortisol, adrenaline, norepinephrine, it can feel like a little bit of a high. It can. And so you feel sort of unstoppable, like, oh, I can, I can totally handle this. I can get by. How many times have I heard, I can totally get by on four and five hours of sleep? Well, Too many times. you're right. You can <laughs> get times. by for a little while, but the wheels are going to start falling off the bus sooner than later. Yeah. And again, you may not connect the dots. Why am I gaining weight and I'm not eating anymore? Mm-hmm. Right? That's that cortisol belly inflammation happening under the surface. You're going to have, you know, out of control cravings. You're not doing yourself any kind of service. It's just... Well, and you're getting kind of addicted to that cycle too. Yes. Like I think, you know, we've talked a little bit about the drama and the adrenaline and getting addicted to that. Like if you're doing that in your work life, 
you're going to be doing that in your emotional life too. You're going to be doing that in your relationships. That's going to be how your family life is too. And so it's hardly ever that somebody's like, yeah, I had this really chaotic work life where I pushed myself through things and, you know, live off adrenaline where they're not exhibiting the same things in their personal life. That is such a powerful point, and one thing that I've seen so often, I you know, I worked in politics for years, mm-hmm. that people would power through during the day and be civil to one another because in professional relationships, you've kind of, you know, got a little bit more of a boundary around that, but then people would go home to their families and all bets are off. Yep. And that's where, you know, people are saying things that they don't mean. We've all been there. Yeah. You know, you you hold it together throughout the day and then you come home and, you know, take it out on the people you love the most. Yep. And so, you know, this is why it matters. Yes. To take care of yourself and whether no matter what the crisis situation is, letting your health go does not serve you now or later. It doesn't. Nor anyone that you care about. Or your job. It doesn't actually. You know, I think a lot of people, it's easy for them to keep their job and like continue hustling even during the hard times. But what they don't realize is that when they're continuing this like ongoing hustle without taking care of themselves, they're inevitably setting themselves up for failure and for health issues and for midlife crises and all sorts of different things. So it's tough because for a lot of you, it's like we can't necessarily show you like between a day or two, but it's Mm -hmm. more of the, this is what I've seen in people's lives as a pattern over, you know, five, 10 years. And let's not let it go there. Like it's not, trust me, it's not worth it. Right. And so when we think of people who travel consistently, I have clients who travel quite a bit for business Mm -hmm. and you know, in the beginning, their pattern had been all bets are off. Yep. When we go on a trip, that it's just too hard to eat healthy, and we're always going out, you know, with their clients and drinks and, you know, staying up too late and that kind of thing. And that's where you have to plan in advance to set some healthy boundaries. Yeah. In terms of your bedtime, plan ahead for the number of drinks, the kind of food that you're planning to eat, do a little bit of research. It really doesn't take that much extra effort. Really where the work is, is in the decision. Yes. The and initially decision. making the decision. Yes. And, yeah. and deciding that it matters to you. Yes. Because otherwise you're just winging it and winging it rarely works out very well. Yeah. No, I would, I would totally agree. I think that people, I think a lot of people think that this is extra stress when they're going through stressful times. Mm-hmm. But like you said, if they have that set up, if they have the big enough why and they've connected the dots to why this is important and they've made that decision and they've done maybe a mm-hmm. tiny bit of research into like, okay, what is a flexibly healthier choice when it comes to the decisions they're making? Mm-hmm. It's really not that hard. You've already made the choice. You already have the information, right? You've just got to determine that, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then I'm going to do it. Well, I loved your example when we were talking about, you know, not having this feel like extra. It's like brushing. It's like brushing your teeth. Yeah. Like, you know, it's very rare that somebody is going to be like, Hey, somebody's in the hospital. I'm going to not brush my teeth for the next month. Like we don't do that. (laughs) We, we, we still brush our teeth. It's still a habit and part Mm -hmm. of what we do because it's part of, what we do and who and we, we are. don't have to decide every day, okay, why does this matter to me? Right. Right? It would just feel weird not to do it. Exactly. And that's the power of habit. Yes. That's the power of, 
incorporating these things, the sleep, the, you know, eating healthy, the movement, the stress management, to have, you know, having your toolbox of self-soothing techniques that aren't food related or alcohol related, you know, sleep deprivation related. Exactly. (laughs) Practicing these things when life does feel relatively calm so Mm -hmm. that when life happens, it's like brushing your teeth. Yes. And I think, you know, I know that this is something you've actually helped me understand more of the importance of over the last few years, but sleep, if that's like your number one thing to get out of the way, like to really make sure that you're sleeping enough, Mm -hmm. that's going to make it that much easier for all the other habits and all the other choices to be made in a way that's good for you. Because if you're not sleeping, then yeah, it's like your brain's just not going to be able to really think clearly when it comes to making these decisions. Yeah. It sleep is the number one health habit because it, you know, that's when our brain is cleansing itself. When we do not get sufficient sleep, we wake up with the blood sugar regulation of a type two diabetic. So you are going to be susceptible to additional hunger, massive cravings, brain fog, all of the things. And so that is the thing to protect like a newborn baby. You said it so well. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. It's it's absolutely <laughs> huge. But again, that is the thing that's really lauded in our society that, oh gosh, here I am just surviving on, you know, caffeine and nicotine or sugar or whatever. Yeah. Like somehow that makes you a superhero. No, it's just kind of sloppy is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's bad planning. Well, and it means that you're basically telling yourself that you're not important enough mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah. Right? But it does require really good organization. If you decide, okay, sleeping eight hours a night is crucial for my health and crucial for me taking care of the people that I love, then you have to reverse engineer your evening. And especially if things are chaotic, say you do have extra projects or you're traveling or someone is sick, then you're going to have to be a little more efficient. And you're going to have to ask for help. Yep. And you're going to have to be flexible about maybe letting some other things go. Yes. Right? Because we can't do it all. We can't. We have to decide what the priority is. It's very true. Right? And that's hard. I know for me, that's hard. You know, I'm really in my zone, like in the evening, as far as how I want the house to be before I go to bed. Right. Well, Mm -hmm. let's say I was at the hospital all evening, not to harp on that example, but that I had decided that sleep was a priority. You know what? I'm going to have to let some things go in my house and be okay with that. And that's not easy, but that's a decision that we want to make before something happens. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, just something more practical. I have like the, you know, on the iPhone, they can, you can set your bedtime and my dimmer also goes on at a certain time where it takes out all the blue light from my phone. Mm -hmm. And I like that not only because, okay, it's taking away the blue light, but it actually physically reminds me like that's helpful for me in time management that I need to start getting ready for bed. Yes, Like I need to start doing all my night nightly rituals so that I can my brain can kind of calm down and be where it needs to be Mm -hmm. so that I can get that eight hours of sleep Yeah, because it's important to me. And so doing something like that, like just doing that after listening to this podcast and just having that be something that you make a part of your schedule. Right. 
would be great. Like if yeah. that's the takeaway, then yeah. perfect. No, that's beautiful. And yeah, I, I do think that the bedtime ritual, just like we do with our kids, is so powerful because so many of us, especially when we're going through stressful situations, going to sleep is really hard. hard because you feel exhausted, but then you lay down in bed and your brain starts spinning and that monkey mind starts going. And that's where slowly ramping down, dimming the lights, putting on some candles, you know, not having stressful conversations or watching a stressful movie, mm-hmm. you know, again, even when things are stressful, especially when things are, you know, extra things are happening. Gosh, just giving yourself a half hour of ramp down. Yeah. And again, that may mean that you've got to, you know, outsource or ask for help or let some other things go. And I know that's not easy. That is not easy for me. I'm not, Mm. I am not being cavalier about saying that, but I, I know that it makes all the difference in the world. It does. And it's worth it. You definitely, I mean, I've been doing this for a while now, but I don't regret the things that I've let go. Mm -hmm. Like looking back, I'm not like, oh man, I didn't get to watch that Netflix episode or, you know, again, I, maybe mine are a little bit more minute, but you know, maybe I didn't clean everything and maybe, you know, I don't have as rigid of a routine with, you know, just different things that I used to find important that to me now are. Yep. Not yep. as important. So I think that the the trick here is identifying, you know, what we call keystone habits. What are the things when there is something that's sucking our time or emotional energy, what are the keystone habits that we want to still pay attention to? Maybe going to the gym, we have to put that on hold a little bit. Yeah. Right? Maybe there's some things that, okay, we can you know, postpone those, but what are the things? And so maybe before I go to bed, I am going to make sure that I have breakfast and or lunch packed Mm -hmm. for tomorrow. And you know what? Maybe it's, you know, a rotisserie chicken, piece of rotisserie chicken and some frozen broccoli and butter. You know, Mm -hmm. it's, I'm not talking like it has to be, you know, fancy meal prep. Mm-hmm. We have to be willing to be flexible on these things. But, you know, you mentioned this before we started, how important it is to not go back into that all or nothing. Thinking, yeah. Like the the sense of if I don't have my normal regimen, if I'm not eating the things that I always eat with my health habits, or if I'm not, you know, if I don't have my routine and my comfort of that, that everything goes out the window. Mm-hmm. It's either I do it all the way perfectly or I don't do it at all. And so being able to to find the gray, mm-hmm. to be okay and be okay with the gray, be yes. like this is okay that I'm in the gray right now. I mean, that is such a gift that you can give to yourself because there will be times when you're traveling and the only option is McDonald's and you know, maybe you're just getting some grilled chicken and a salad and some dressing on the side and you're like, you know, I know that this isn't ideal, right. but this will do this will do the trick, right? Absolutely. And just being able to try to make the best decisions you can mm-hmm. without stressing yourself out. Because mm-hmm. the point isn't, hey, let's be so rigid that we are adding more stress to our lives. Because uh, I think exactly. if you think that's what we're asking, then no wonder you're chucking this out the window every time that, you know, something stressful happens because you're already like empty, your bucket's empty. And so it feels like there is no more that I could give if this is going to be a stressful thing. So we're not asking for you to be perfect. 
We're not asking for you to add stress into your life, but to just do the best thing in that moment. That this is actually going to help you handle the stress that is in your life and not add stress. Because if you do chuck it, Mm -hmm. everything out the window, you know, you're like, I can't do it perfectly. So forget it. You are literally adding more chaos, internal chaos. Yes. And you're you don't feel safe with yourself. And that's the piece that it's kind of nuanced and maybe hard to articulate, but that's the piece that I have found to be so calming is that I know that I am going to take care of myself. I will find a middle ground approach. You know, I've had to eat hospital food a lot of times, you know, from mm-hmm. the cafeteria. Well, it's notoriously unhealthy <laughs> and it's hard to, it's hard to piece it together, but I've figured out how to do it. Yeah. And yeah, it's not super delicious and whatever. It's not perfect, but it's good enough. Good enough. And so it is. It's it's I think this is the concept. The this one that you hit on is probably the trickiest for the people that I work with mm-hmm. is being willing to recognize the spectrum from you know, good to best. Yes. That there's, you know, a hundred different options in there and not, you know, saying, oh, forget it. I'm not worth it. It's not worth it. It it does feel extra. So part of that is going back to what we've talked about so many times. And that is being willing to sit in that pause Mm -hmm. and make a conscious choice. Even when you really don't want to, you just want to speed through this decision and say, I don't have time to even think about getting something healthy. How many times have we all done that? I, I just don't have time. I No, I just can't even think about this right now. Just, true. you know, yeah. give me the fries or whatever. And it's like, no, just take a second and say, you know, could I just run through the salad bar real quick and pile some chicken on there mm-hmm. or and if I, you know, whatever. And if I have like two or three French fries with that, that's not a huge well, deal sure. either, right? But for it's like, sure. if I'm going to do something, adding some veggies there, adding some right. chicken, Just you know? being willing to make a conscious choice, to yes. ask yourself in that moment, is this supporting me? Yeah. Is this, is this the choice that's going to help me show up for this thing that's, for this life thing that's happening, right? And answering it honestly. And we know, we know the answer, but I think when, when extra things are going on, we really want to speed through that. We want to just kind of let our decisions, you know, kind of almost make themselves. We sort of feel like it's external, you know, an external hand that's driving us. Yeah. And it's understanding that you're still in control of the food that you put in your mouth. And that's not a, you know... That should be a comforting thing because you can really do a lot to mitigate the extra stress by, I mean, honestly, the food that we put in our mouth is the most impactful way that we can affect our mood, our energy. And how we show up. Our resilience. All of it. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the one last thing that I want to add to that is, you know, I know that a lot of people when they're going through stressful times with other people, it's almost like they'll go together and get something that's not so great or comfort food. And so maybe finding ways that like you can also do something soothing 
with them, like maybe go for a walk or, you know, like give each other hand massages, which I know sounds weird, but like, you know, in my family, it's stuff like, you know, sometimes we give each other self-care by scratching each other's backs Mm -hmm. and like, you know, doing other things that are not related to things that will actually ultimately end up adding to our stress levels and making us not feel so great. Right. So, And one of the things that, that we talked about before we started recording is being willing also to let down our guard and talk to other people, seek support a little yeah. bit. And I know that's something that I'm not, I have not historically been very good at. I go to ground and I want to deal with this all by myself. Mm-hmm. And it feels a lot bigger and heavier when it's when I when it's our, all on our own and just yes. in our own heads. Yes. Yeah. And so being willing to be a little bit more open and ask for some support and help and you know find those safe people that we can process with. That's so powerful. I that's huge, I think. It is huge cuz yeah, shame, depression, anxiety, that all happens when we isolate. When we don't talk to people about how Mm -hmm. we're feeling and, you know, people love to be there for other people. So give them that gift of, of, you know, being able to give support in these times of need. And I will say the other thing that can be not just shame, but guilt Mm -hmm. going on. If you do have, let's say you have a family member that's chronically ill, like an elderly family member, and you are, you know, part of that caregiving team. Oh my goodness, it can start to feel so overwhelming and daunting and you can feel a little bit resentful under the surface Mm -hmm. and that you feel really guilty about that. And so you have to have a safe person or people that obviously (laughs) you love this person and you want to be there, but those are natural feelings. They are. And especially if we are struggling to get our self-care needs met while we're taking care of someone else, it's natural for our body to feel resentment because our body is saying, hey, dude, this isn't okay that mm-hmm. you're going to continue not taking care of yourself mm-hmm. while you're taking care of this person. Right. And so, I mean, you know, there's going to naturally be a little bit of resentment regardless because I don't think that we'll be fully able to do all of the self-care that we normally would. Right. But to be able to add in what you can and yes. do what you can. I mean, that's just such a gift for yourself yeah. and for other people. But this this is where incorporating self-soothing techniques or stress-relieving techniques when life is relatively calm so that you have that toolbox built up. Ready Whether it's, you know, mm-hmm. little things. Like I have the comedy channel on Pandora. Mm-hmm. And... That is so helpful for me. Sometimes I just need to put that on when I'm driving and I'll listen to a three-minute comedy routine. And it just takes me out of my internal, you know, soap opera. Yes. And, you know, just get <laughs> some, some laughter and some endorphins going or, yes. you know, turning on something and singing and not feeling guilty mm. about that, about, okay, I just need to offload some of the stress chemistry. And I think, again, I... I know for myself, I can feel guilty about doing something like that if uh, someone I care about is going through something and I'm trying to support them. Mm. But understanding that this is how we best support them. Yes. 
Yes. I like, I mean, in my couples that I've worked with, I always am like, is this person being angry when you're angry helpful when you're angry? And they're like, nope. (laughs) Is this person being depressed when you're depressed helpful when you're depressed? And they're never, they never say yes. It's never like, hey, it's helpful for you to also, you know, be going through the suckage while I'm going through the suckage, so to speak. And so, you know, it's so, it's, again, it is such a gift to be able to, you know, take care of yourself while you're in the midst of taking care of others or while life is stressful and maybe all your colleagues are also stressed mm-hmm. out. So so one thing that I do want to add to this, just because this has come up with a couple of clients recently who were going through difficult situations, is being very careful not to be continue to be focused on, say, a weight loss goal. Mm-hmm. When you're going through something that truly is a big extra thing, gosh, if you can hold steady... Yeah. And keep things pretty level going through this, that you need to reframe your definition of success. Yes. That is a huge win because think about past situations, you know, when we've gone through crises, gosh, maybe we were stress eating and came out of it having gained eight or 10 pounds. Mm. Gosh, if you can come through something like this and still feel, you know, pretty stable, that is amazing. It is. That is just amazing. So I think that we can maybe default to wanting to control our weight when other things feel out of control. Yes. And so understand it, you know, that that's maybe not the healthiest place to be putting your energy, that where your energy needs to be going is on consistency with the health habits that are going to support you. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I just have to mention while we're on here in terms of self-care is that Jenny has a new puppy that is sleeping <laughs> on the couch behind us that I wish so badly that you guys could see because it is probably the cutest thing that I have seen in many moons. <laughs> An eight-week-old, what is it? She is a golden doodle. Golden yeah. good night. Her name's Nora. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So we need to wrap this up. Yeah, we need to I wrap need this to, up. I need so to get back to cuddling. Yes. This, I'm getting my um, self care bucket filled. <laughs> All right. Well, I really am glad we covered this because I, again, I've seen this so many times in clients' lives. I know that this has been something I've struggled with in the past in my own life and I still have to catch myself mm-hmm. in, you know, and yep. reframe things. But Ditto. it's so, it's so important. And I hope that this was helpful for you guys. If you have any questions or feedback, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Otherwise, that's all I got for now. Yep. Take good care of yourself. Take good care.